Hello and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland. And I'm Sean Holly. How are you doing, Victor Marland? You alright? I'm not too bad, actually, Mr. Sean Holly. How have you been, old son? I'm alright, thank you. What have you been up to this last couple of weeks that have gone past in the world? Well, the last few minutes, I've been hearing you blather on, uh, trying to get your microphones working and stuff, and then watching you in mute, because you didn't get your your headset working. So I was just watching you in bewilderment, farting about, trying to get the things right. (laughs) I've got a new operating system now, you just have to switch it over to Skype. It's alright, it's alright. But we're here. We're here, and everything's recording nicely. Yeah. What we've been up to? Well, first thing I've been I've been angry about something. Yeah. Wife sent me a link to an article in the Guardian newspaper, and it was the best video games of the twenty first century. Apparently, so we're talking twenty first century, two thousand onwards. Mm. So there was the usual sort of thing of the the big games you can imagine, like Breath of the Wild and Minecraft and portal and all that sort of stuff and it was sort mm. of things i thought oh yeah bog standard things that everyone goes on about we're not interested but the thing is i started getting a bit angry about it thinking oh where's all the classics you know and i thought oh that's before 2000 of course there's not i suppose there's games like big buck hunter and golden tea golf which are massive they weren't mentioned yeah. in it so i don't think arcades are mentioned there at all which is pretty bad because it didn't say didn't say console games, it said video games. And there wasn't even a mention of some of the huge mobile games such as Pokemon Go, Crossy Roads, Angry Birds, or any of the bejeweled, you know, the puzzly games you see on Facebook and everywhere else. It's just massive with all the microtransactions. I bet they've sold loads of copies as well, haven't they? Well, not sold, but being used by billions and billions of people. Yeah, but they use microtransactions, so those billions and billions of transactions adds up to a lot of cash. I mean, they've done really well out of it. I mean, stuff like Pokemon Go is absolutely huge. I saw some people, walk, when I was walking the dog tonight, I saw some people in the, the sort of area we go through, like a foresty kind of parky area, looking for Pokemons. So people are doing it all the time. It's just a craze that's never going to stop. And none of these things were mentioned in the article. I think that's just poor. It's lazy. Lazy I journalism. Thought, I thought it had died off, but there's a guy at work found he's still playing. He found one in our kitchen. Oh, what was it doing? Eating cheese? Probably after a pizza or something, but he hadn't paid. So we, we captured him in a ball, Vic, in a virtual ball. In one of them and red and white balls? And spirited him away into the ether. Did, did a bloke and a woman with really dodgy haircuts turn up? On a rocket and try and so I know nothing about about. I that. know what you mean, yeah, yeah. That's the cartoon in it. I think so. Yeah, I sort of remember seeing that when my kids were little. What else have you been up to? Well, I've been working my stuff like a twit. Would Would you like to say that without the beeps in it? <laughs> it's just been very busy. It's been good actually. It, the good thing is, right, raining outside. Good yes. news for arcades because people Absolutely. get wet. Absolutely, and it's dry in the arcade, and yeah. they can't have the barbecues. The poor, the poor gets, so they come in to see us. So it's been very busy. With it, it's been very good. I suppose in the winter time it does get much busier, doesn't it? People can't do, do the outdoor stuff so much. Come and take the kids, take the family yeah. around arcade. Laugh at Mister Holly. Don't put drinks on the arcade machines. We're just getting over the summer lull now, and it's it's picking up again. Good. I think I think it's about I don't know. It start picking up now, and then like. January, February, March is mental. Very busy. Mm. Has Andy, boss of Arcade Club, has he been sending you up chimneys and that? Why? I don't think so. Well, you, you sort of remind me of Oliver Twist, and he's like the big, horrible, evil overlord. Yeah, Holly, uh, get up that thing. But can I have one more go of Moon Patrol, please? Can I have one more? 
Ah, uh, guess where else I've been? Where have you been? You've been on your travels with wife. Yeah, we had a we had a one day trip out yesterday, which is a bit bonkers. But we went to Whitby and back in a day. Is Whitby far from? I know it's quite far up north. Is it far from you in Blackburn? It's only it's only one hundred and thirty miles east, but they're they're sort of minor roads when you get so far. So it takes like three three and a half hours. But we went and then we went to Robin Hood's Bay and we had a lovely time. And we came back, got back about ten o'clock, snuggled up in bed with a with a cup of oval tea and biscuits. Just whispered sweet nothings into each other's ears and looked longingly at the stars through the window. Sorry, Vic, what have you been up to? Isn't Robin Hood's Bay in Nottingham? No. It's, okay. I, there is a, a very interesting story about how it got its name, and I've completely forgot. But it's to do with smuggling. Okay, fair enough. You can still see the smugglers' caves when they come up from the sea and into like this cave system that runs in, inland. Oh, okay, nice. Very nice. Well, I can tell you what I've not been doing lately. Go on. I've not been changing the RAM on my asteroids. How did that not go? It, it didn't go at all, actually. Remember I oh. bought some RAM for my asteroids, because the asteroids works fine, but when you switch into test mode, it wouldn't go on the test mode. It kept resetting out of test mode. And I needed to put it into test mode to change the lives and the difficulty of my multi-game that's on my asteroids machine. And I bought a load of new RAMs for it. I replaced the... I took the RAMs out of the original one, unsoldered them and put sockets in and put the original RAM back in. It made no difference. So I bought some new RAMs and I haven't even got to the machine to just whip them out quickly and try it. Because there's another two RAMs on there as well. It might be that. So I might need to change those as well. But yeah, I haven't had time to do it. I just thought today, oh, I bought that RAM, didn't I? And I haven't changed it. I haven't played Asteroids since, since we did Asteroids Deluxe that time. Ooh. That's a shame, isn't it? I've got to get back onto that. Good game. Good game, good game. <laughs> I have also been making more joysticks. I love making joysticks. I love making joysticks. They're such a nice thing to make. It's so therapeutic to do. So basically... You, you I can these... do me one if you want. Well, you want a single button one? Or do you want a no. three button one? F- four button USB. I can do that. With, with you know that you know that layout you did for me on the cab. Yes, with a sort of arc per- of buttons. Perfect, by the way. Yeah. What one of them? I could do one of those. Be awesome. Do some special rates for you. Sixty quid. Sixty. How about fifty? Mm, about seventy. <laughs> about forty-five. Forty-five. I can't can't go any lower. Hey, than you that, drive mate. a very hard bargain. Forty and it's yours. Forty and it's yours. Oh, yeah, Thirty-five cheers. quid. Thirty-five quid. Well, I can probably do you one. Um, they're quite. I like making them though, so I'm a bit of a sucker for making them at the moment. Yeah, you can do those with those um, zero delay kits. They're quite cheap. Oh. They, they just they just go to USB. You put you put loads of buttons. You can put six buttons on them if you want. And I did notice earlier. I bought one recently for something. I did notice on those zero delay kits. It's like a little PCB and a load of little wires and plugs. You can just plug into your buttons and your joysticks and that. There is I noticed on there a turbo. So I presume there's an auto fire circuit built into it, but I've never used one. Because I use a zero delay on my joystick for my computer in the front room, which I, I you know, run emulation on, and it works really nicely on there. But I've never wired it up to use the the turbo. I presume you've got to wire it to another button, and when you press the button on, everything goes turbo. But I've never used yeah. it. I have to try that. The Hori fighting sticks you could you can map buttons to turbo, and, and when I used to when I didn't have a cab and I just used to play like a lot of shooting ups with auto fire. Cheap. You can you can map two buttons to fire so one of them you can have auto fire yeah 
the second button fire you can oh. put your you can put your high score in yeah so instead so you got one button auto fire which is fire second button standard fire yeah don't so some your, don't some modern shooters have that anyway yeah i can't remember what i was playing i was uh, what was i doing probably i don't know i remember doing it with space harrier playing a lot of space harrier but i did yeah. have a cab then mm. uh, i didn't i didn't obviously honestly kids i didn't do auto fire for the show i just did it afterwards to try and finish the game and i still never did it yeah yeah i still want to finish that one nice one mm. yeah so i've been making single joysticks i even made one that looks like a cx40 i, I actually turned a piece of black nylon a tapered piece and inside it had like a, a counterbore inside with a screw thread at the bottom so it sits over the shaft of a, a sanwa joystick and you screw it on and it hides the whole shaft so it looks like a, an original atari cx40 joystick it's just good. with one button, just for the single button games, you know, like the Commodore 64, Atari 8 bits and all that lot. I've made an Atari 7800 one with two buttons, which are really nice. And I've, I'm, I'm in the middle of doing... Where is it? I'll show you it. I'm in the middle of doing a twin Vectrex analogue stick. Oh, that looks good. So I can play that game on the Vecfi, which is called Robot Arena. Because so you can play mm. digital eight-way per stick, and you can also play analogue. Yeah, that's cool. Talking of Vectrex, I'm going to do a Vectrex podcast. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm not going to have time. Damn. Ooh. I did speak about doing a Vectrex podcast because there was a really good Vectrex podcast that was on well, probably a few years ago now, but they stopped doing it for some reason. Willie Culver was the main guy doing it. He was brilliant, mm. brilliant at podcasting and brilliant at games collecting in general, actually. He's really good. Arcade USA is known as. And they did a really nice podcast, and for some reason they stopped doing it. I don't know why. A bit of a bummer, really, because I really enjoyed that. And we do need a Vectrex podcast, and if I had more time, I definitely would do it, because Alex was interested in doing it as well, because he's really getting into his Vectrex, and I, I love the Vectrex. So, yeah, I listen, I listen to all of them Vectrex podcasts. They're really good. They were, yeah. It's a shame they yeah. stopped. I'm not sure. I think the guy who lived in... Did he live in Hong Kong or Japan? I think he moved, and I think he couldn't do it after that because of his work or something. I can't remember why, why it stopped. But that was really good, that one. I really enjoyed it. Mm. But mind you, Willie was doing about 18 podcasts at once at the time, so maybe not. Is he still doing it? I think he does his YouTube channel rather than podcasts. I think he does Intari Vision still, um, sometimes. Uh, but yeah, that one. Mm. So I would, I would love to do one because I really enjoy the Vect- Vectrex, and there's lots of people to talk about and talk with on the Vectrex. He's got a massive homebrew scene, which I'm part of as well, with the hardware stuff. Yeah, I've been talking to Thomas Santowski, who is the, the guy who made the Vec Fever, which is a really cool multi-cart for the, for the Vectrex. And yeah. he's been sort of sending me games to play, and he's been changing things around for me, so my joysticks and, and controllers work with some of the games. He's been doing new stuff. I'm not going to tell you what they are, because I'm not sure what's coming out on the Vec Fever for the next, for the next one, but it's some really really cool stuff i'm really happy with it i'm really happy to be helping him out as well so that's really cool um oh i'll tell you what i'm doing soon i'm going to be going to america in the next couple of weeks going to prge which i will do a full in-depth report from there whitney's going gonna meet up with whitney oh shoot that's that's a really good isn't it but is ground control in portland yes I think Ground Control probably got a booth there, I expect, as well. Hey, that, I bet you're going there then as well, aren't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I'm, I'm meeting up with Kevin Kevin Savitz of the Antic Podcast, friend of mine. Yeah. And uh, we're going to hang out with him and his wife a lot, because he's a lovely guy, and so is his wife. His wife's not a guy, 
So yeah. a lovely lady, shall I say. <laughs> yeah, so they're absolutely brilliant. So we're meeting up with those, and Whitney and one of his friends is there. Uh, I might be going for a little road trip with Whitney as well, but I shall report on that later on, because I'm not sure if I'm doing that yet. But if it is, it's very arcade-related. Mm. Oh, cool. So that's about me for stuff I've been doing lately. I've not really had much chance to get in the garage to play, but when I do go in there, I have been playing our game of the week. Getting quite yes. into it. Tis good. Tis a good one. Mm-hmm. Arcade news. Right, kids. This is a little link I've been sent to from Mark. Mark Happy Dude. He's a dude and he's happy. Still happy. And it's- it's puzzle coasters. These are very cool. I think it's is it on Etsy? It's not on Etsy. It's on something called Thumbs Up, mm-hmm. and it's just coasters you put your drinks on, and they've got the little ball bearing inside. You know them little tilty flat panel games. You've got to get a ball bearing. I know them very well. I had loads of these as a kid. My favourite was a snooker one. You had to sort yeah. of position the little, had little, obviously little round balls inside little red ones black pink blue green yellow all that lot and you had to position them as it would be on a snooker table it was so it hard these. to play but it was really good you, get, you used to get pinball ones and maze ones and all sorts didn't you yeah these love those as a four kid. arcade games which are really good you've got pac-man donkey kong space invaders and cuba i'm not sure how you play them but they do look quite interesting yeah they look real they're, fun they're pr- pretty decent price really 7.99 Bargain. not bad at all but i i did try to play one but um i tipped my coffee all over my lap you're supposed to set the coffee off first silly mutt yeah Uh-oh. yeah i know that now see there's no instructions with them vic Nothing. yeah you need that yeah you know that company at games who make the to be honest, quite bad console reproductions. They do the little... I think they do... Mega Drive, yeah. Yeah, that's they're not very good. I think I've actually got one, one of the little things, and they're very laggy and not very well put together, and they've had a lot of problems with them. They are being sued by Bandai Namco over crap Ms. Pac-Man cabinets. That is official. Oh. Basically, At Games showed off a mini cab, similar to the one-up ones I don't like, uh, running the arcade ROMs of Ms. Pac-Man, uh, and and then Bandai Namco gave a, gave the go-ahead, and then when they released them to the shops, they had the NES ROM in there, so they weren't as good. So Bandai Namco are suing them over poor quality. That's exactly what they they've said it is poor quality because they're not mm-hmm. doing as good as they should be. So obviously putting a bad spin on Ms. Pac-Man. Well, so they should. And that reminded me. I was at Costco the other night getting loads of Diet Cokes and, and stuff for dinner. And uh, I saw one of those Pac-Man one-up cabs actually yeah. out on the shop floor playing. They had the, the little unit underneath it to raise it up and a few people were playing it. But what I've noticed they've done now, I'm not sure if this is product for production models or not, but they put a Perspex overlay over the CPU to stop it getting all worn away. Of course, he means CPO, the loser. Right. You know, whenever we've seen those things, they're all worn away and the buttons are all knackered and you know half the yeah. overlays come off. Well, they're putting a Perspex plate over the top now, clear Perspex plate, but I'm not sure if that's just for the the in-store models. Well, it could be, couldn't it? Mm. Yeah, control. Sure yeah. But not good, though. Still not good. How much? Selling for how much? A 300, I think. 300 quid, so wow. In America, they're all like about $50 now because they've all come on knockdown price because I don't think they were doing very well. And they've been out for a while longer over there. But over here, mm. you know, I saw some people playing and I was basically, nah, don't buy it. Mm. 
Well, we've got a, a little header here, Doc Mac expanding again. And that doesn't mean he's getting fatter. No, he's it means like, it means brackets, surprise, surprise. Galloping Ghost is getting bigger. He's as trim as one of Soul's whippets. Oh, definitely. He's pure muscle is that guy. Well, Doc told us last time we saw him that they're going to be expanding um, as soon as he could. And I think the Chinese restaurant on the corner is eventually, is finally retired. And he, he mm. always said when they went, he was going to have it. I think it was a, a foregone conclusion. So, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure what he's going to ram in there. Some more cool games, I hope. He's got more than enough, hasn't he? What he could do... He's got Galloping Ghost Garages, Galloping Ghost Fitness. He could do Galloping Ghost Noodles. Couldn't he do Noodles? And... Could do. Or he could do Galloping Ghost UK and I'll go and work for him. <gasps> How cool would that be? How cool would that be? Galloping Ghost Chow Mein. Yeah, Galloping Ghost Beef, Foo Young, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, good luck, Doc. Keep going, mate. Ah, ooh, ah, ooh, ooh, talking his soul. Yeah, he soul comes up a lot, brother. doesn't he? He does. And his brother. His and tiny brother, Mark. tiny Dan. He's big, he's Dan. I oh, know. Done a podcast called Pixel Hunt. Now, check it out, kids. We've put a link in the no shows. There are two podcasts. There's another one called Pixel Hunt, an older one. So don't get that one because you won't get some Yorkshire loveliness on it. Do you know the only problem I've got with um, Pixel Hunt at the moment? Mm-hmm. It's on SoundCloud. And what happens is you put SoundCloud on your phone, you're listening to it, you put it in your pocket, and it goes off. Because oh, internet-based things like that and YouTube, if you don't have the screen on, the sound goes off. Everything goes blank. So they need to get it on some sort of um, server and get it onto iTunes. I think they're going to do it. They need to, mm. really. Because, yeah, listening to stuff web-based is very difficult for me. I'm not sure if your phone does it as well, but does everything go off when the phone blanks itself? No. Yeah, it's iPhones. I'm not sure if you can, you can change that or not. I'm not sure. There's a pain yeah, in the air. I listen to it like two minutes and it just goes off. I'm like, oh, for God's sake. So I might have to listen to that in the bath later on. I'm not mm. sure if I want to get a soul in the bath. <laughs> it's funny. Hey, don't lose your rubber ducky now. It is funny. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's all about Nintendo NES games. So yes. they're doing the A to Z of NES games, but unusual ones. Oh, I've got so a few unusual. If they want, want a guest on there, I've got an unusual game. I've got two unusual games that are on the NES that are really good. I will not reveal them. No, sir, I will not. Ooh. Oh, here's one I found, actually. Uh, this is called How the CPU Cheated You in Street Fighter 2. Brackets, the cheating get. Yeah, I saw this. Apparently, someone slowed down and analysed Street Fighter 2. I'm not sure which version. Probably um, the Championship Edition. Or maybe even World Warrior. But what they've done is they found out sometimes when you hit the computer opponent... Your, re- your hits would register on the screen, but their, their health bar wouldn't go down. Mm. It's a cheating get. And they showed it loads and loads of times, all with different characters. It wasn't just one character that was a bug. They did it on purpose to cheat. Yeah, I saw that. So that's almost like the features in Phoenix, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, they are uh, actually bugs. Was it when it was when you were getting quite good at the game, though? I'm not it sure was. if it learnt that you were getting quite good and sort of tried to hold back a few points or whatever. But yeah, what a cheating thing, though. And nobody's really realised until now what's going on. They, they've not had the technology, I presume, to record the arcade cabinet and slow it down and then realise when you see like the little the little POW sign on the screen when you get hit and then the energy bar not moving on the, the person who's been hit. But when you yeah. play against another human player even with the same characters and you do the same kind of hit in the same position, 
it, it was registering it. So it's just the computer saying, no, nah, that didn't hit me. No, nah, that didn't hit me. Ow, no, nah, that didn't hit me. Yeah, I think it's just... Uh, well, there's not many one-player games of Street Fighter 2, was there? It was always against your mates, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, talking of cheating gets, we've got a bit on that mm. later on, haven't we? Yes. Mm. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Last bit of uh, arcade news. Uh, on Saturday, coming up, the 5th of October, is the Cambridge Centre for Computing History, the Arcade Experience 3. I've been to the two absolutely brilliant get-togethers where people bring their own cabs. The museum's got its own cabs there. They've got loads of computers and consoles to play. We have a reet good shindig. It's a reet laugh. You've been to one, haven't you? I've been to two. I've been to three actually. The first oh. one wasn't wasn't called. Oh, that's when I we think... were repairing the games, weren't we? We were helping yeah. out fixing them, and you were a, a lot of help. Yeah, I sort of looked mm. at my caps and that. But I'm I'm meeting an old friend. I saw him last year for the first time in 20 years, and we're going out again this weekend around sunny Darwin to sample the nightlife. Like we're going to party like it's 1993. Or, or yeah. you could bring him to Cambridge and let him play arcade machines. Yay! I met him last year, and I just started at arcade club, so I took him around there, and he was he's well impressed. He's not he's not a real game, but he's impressed with the venue. Cool. So we're gonna gonna party party our socks off, get to half nine. Oh, let's have a sit down. Oh yeah. Let's get a taxi home and watch a video. Watch a VHS video. (laughs) Have a hamburger. (laughs) I will be at the arcade experience three on Saturday. Come down, shower me in biscuits and coffee. I'm so I'm gutted. I'm missing that. There's a triple whammy coming up. There's there's arcade experience, which we're gonna miss. Mm. There's the UK VAC meet. Which I'm going to miss because I'm in Portland, Oregon. And I'm going to miss because I'm working it. I'm, I'm in Bury and it's at Arcade Club Leeds. Yes. And there's also Play Expo Manchester, uh, Blackpool, which is on the same day, same weekend as UK VAC meet. So I'm oh going to miss them free. You're going to miss free, Mick. It is a oh. bummer, isn't it, when you get stuff like that? Yeah. Hmm, never mind. Um, I think there's a meet going on with CMP as well. And I'm in Germany in November. So I can't go to that. I'm gutted about that. And a band I really like called Creeper, which ended last year, they've come from like a phoenix out of the ashes as a new band, and they're starting again on the same day. And that's when I'm in flipping Germany as well. I'd love to because I saw their very last gig where they all gave up. They just told mm. everyone on, on stage we're giving up, we're off, threw their coats down and walked off. And we didn't see them for a year, and now they're coming back again. I would love to see them back. So I'll, I'll be buying the get the records and stuff anyway. So whatever, but yeah, it would be nice to have seen them come back. Mm, Creeper two, uh, fugitives from heaven, fugitives of heaven. They're going to be called. Ah, oh, I prefer Creeper. Mm, brilliant band. Ten pence archives. So then, what game have you been playing? What have you gone back to that we've reviewed before lately? Only very briefly. Yeah, this is where we look at the old games. This is Podcast 18. Ooh, it's a Don- long way Donkey off. Kong 3. And I think I I wasn't a host at this time. And I, I remember going to one of the very first revivals and meeting you and Alex and talking about this and then saying, oh, I don't like it, mate. It's all right. It's, a, it's not a real shoot-em-up. But it is a shoot-em-up. And it's got that clever little mechanic on the, where you're on the bottom of the screen and you're on platforms yeah you've got three platforms you can get to about the halfway up the screen yeah and over the years i've dipped in and out on it of it and i think i was pretty harsh on it for for a couple of years thinking it's crap it's like like the bad 
the, the black sheep of the Donkey Kong family, but I do actually like it now. It's not a Donkey Kong game at all. Nothing to do with Donkey Kong. And it actually comes from an older game, doesn't it? The, the game I watched, Greenhouse. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think it you comes from there. That, yeah. And the thing I like about Donkey Kong more than anything, because it is a shooter, and it's sort of it's a bit like Gallagher, I suppose, in a way. And it does change as you get through. If you play the game a little bit longer, it does change a bit. And it is really good. But the, bit, the thing I like about it most, it's so cute. It's really cute. Little Stanley. Little Stanley's pretty good, and, and Donkey Kong's a bit naughty, and you've got these little creepy crawlies, which are really cute. So I love it. It's a really cool little game, and I quite like playing it. It, it gets a bit samey, but it does get harder later on. You get like, you know, these, these patterns of, of sort of like Gallagher patterns of creepy crawlies coming at you. And I've got, I've got an inkling that Sockmaster, who did the rather brilliant Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. remix games and the spooky remix, I'm hoping he's doing a remix for Donkey Kong 3. But he's gone a bit quiet, so I'm not sure what he's up to at the moment. Hopefully he's doing something like that. I'm not sure what projects he's got on at the minute. That'd be really, really cool. Yeah, that, but what I didn't like on it was where you had to, unless you got the power up and you could stay at the bottom of the screen and shoot Kong off the top of the screen, yeah. you had to get on the top platform and just keep jumping and shooting his, shooting his spray to get him off the screen. Yeah. But when you, when you get used to that bit, yeah, I think it makes the gameplay more interesting. It's, some, it. it's like the Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. You need to know how to play it properly. Mm. And it's got rules, rule sets. If you don't really do what you've got to do, you won't get on in the game. You might think it's boring or a bit rubbish. But once you get to learn how to play it, because I used to watch Alex playing it because he's really good at it. And I, I could get 100,000 on it. I did quite well. I think I got 100,000, mm. yeah. So, yeah, it's a really good little game. I like that one. It's like mappy for me where i just keep coming back to it there's, there's something i just keep i went back to it a few weeks ago played it for like two or three days i've gone again now for a few weeks or but i've just keep coming back to it yeah. i would happily stamp on mappy oh poor little micro it'd arrest you yeah you'd be resting the bottom of my shoe oh hate mappy hate that game so well podcast 18 i was looking back through the old notes and that was when i went to portland oregon for the first time and seattle uh, and I've put some links in for the old webpage and see a bunch of the um, the pictures I took from those places. There's a really, really cool... There was a load of cool places in Seattle and Portland, but I went to an arcade shop, a shop and an arcade, called Another Castle Arcade Edition. And it was a yeah. really cool little shop. It had an arcade bottled on the side, and it was brilliant. It's the first time I've ever... Or actually, the only time I've ever seen a Cubert table. And it was a thing of beauty. It was lovely. So that was really good. Have a look at the website. Look at the links on that for the pictures. Now, I've been playing an old game called Tasmania. And I always have a quick go with this. When I flick on my Scramble multi Konami multi-board that Phil Murray did on one of my ISIS cabs, it's dedicated for that, that bunch of games, I often play Tasmania. Now, it takes me back to when I was a kid. Um, up the row, at the end of my road, well, up the road and around the corner, there was a parade of shops... And on the end of there was our favourite chip shop. And it always had little, like, cabaret-style machines in there. They didn't have very big ones. It was always little ones. I remember they had Monaco GP cabaret in there. They had a Turbo cabaret in there. And I'm sure they had Sub-Electro Isis cabs in with different games in. I remember playing Tasmania in there, and I absolutely loved it. And I got a feeling there was a game on one of the the 8-bit computers, maybe by Mastertronic, which copied it. So it's, it's a really cool little game. The best thing about it is the character you control is a little sort of alien guy. He's got a really wiggly bottom. 
So when you, you, you go up the screen, you can see the back of him and his bum wiggles. He's got these little <laughs> weird boots on. And when you come down the screen, you can see his, his face and obviously left and right. And it's a really cool little shoot. It's got some really weird characters that chase you around. The the different alien, well, the monsters or whatever they are, like the eyeballs and the cyclones and the, all this sort of stuff. It's a really cool little game. Really enjoy it. Did you play yeah, that one that time? Because you weren't on the podcast back then, 15, were you? Yeah, I think you thrashed me on that. I was, I was submitting scores, weren't I? Oh, we should perhaps do it again then. No. Yeah, I, I, got, no. I, got, I can get quite far in that game. It's a real good little game. It's really fast-paced, and it's sort of like it's sort of like a Robotron kind of thing, but you can only you only got one shoot button, and you just control which way you shoot with the joystick, and the the sides of the walls come in at you as your timer, and there's things coming around, and you've got to shoot all the the little plant-based things that are on the screen to get out of the screen, and then it, the exits open, you go out. Otherwise, you get squished. It's cool squished. game though. Such a cool game. Recent pickups. You've had more pickups than me this week, young man. I've been buying nothing really arcade related for a while. So go on with your biscuit pickups. Yeah, I saw Mr. Deadlock. Mr. Deadlock flew over from Ireland. Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. I was planning what you're eating. I'm going to show the listeners what Mr. Deadlock bought me. Go on then. Ooh. Biscuits. It's called. It's, it's individually packed Cadbury, oh no, not Cadbury's, Jacob's Elite Ooh. Chocolate Kimberleys. Oh, they look Kim- nice. Are you going to save me one? No. And <sighs> they've got kind of like a, a gingery taste. They're nice. You yeah, he, he said, I'm no, in, under no circumstances, let Vic have them because I am the favourite of his two podcasters. <laughs> Do you know what? When I knew he was going up or going across from Ireland, I think. Did the RGDS boys or the Retro Asylum guys turn up as well to Arcade Club? There was, a bunch, of, there was a bunch of other yeah. people going to turn up. And I thought to myself, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll go up there, I'll surprise everyone, I'll turn up on Saturday. But wife was really poorly that weekend. She had a massive cold and fluey and horrible had to look after her, so I couldn't. But I did think about Ooh. coming up and surprising y'all and Ooh. obviously telling you, by the way, Sean, I'm sleeping on your spare bed, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's called gate crashing, isn't it? Holly crashing. Yeah, yeah but I didn't in the end, unfortunately, because she was quite poorly. But yeah, I did think about going up. I, was gonna, I would love to have done. Mm. What else should well, we get in? Well, I've got, I've, I've got, I've been messing around with Linux distribution. Oh, you in Linux? I've got one called KDE Neon, based on KDE Plasma. It is beautiful. It's got really nice transitions with the stuff. Everything is perfectly laid out. You can find things in a logical manner, manner without searching for settings. I'm looking at you, Windows 10. You can't find anything on Windows 10 unless you've got a degree in searching. The no never use Windows 10. It sucks. So this is awesome. It's so customizable. It's quick. It's just, I just love it. It's this. Anything you can, cust- I've just customized the taskbar. Did you say customized? Yeah, some custard. Mm, I'm having some of that. I've changed how the menus pop up. I've changed how things work in the in its own version of Explorer. But you still can't record our podcast. I can now. I've just I really I, I had it set on microphone. You sound really Skype. guilty, Mister Holly. I, I can do it now, Vic. Are you sure? Yeah, I've got applications. But everything's really logically laid out. I love it. It's really good. Except the recording button. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. It's three <laughs> commands. You need three commands. And three work. commands. I just click on piezo. You can't click on stuff. You need command line. Mm. No. No, I said before. No, no. But when they fix this, 
whatever it is that Skype does this I was going to say IPA it's API when they fix the API that, so people, that uh, is a, a clever move onto your next pickup maybe yeah, that's not, yeah I did that on purpose when I went to Whitby I looked I mean, we went up the 199 steps up to Whitby I had a walk around and everything and I saw a little sign saying brewery this way oh, and yeah. you don't have to say you don't have to say that to me twice sign well it didn't say anything but you know what I mean and I went round Ghana and there was a a Whitby brewery Whitby Ooh. Abbey brewery so I've got a couple of IPAs mm-hmm. um, a pale ale so I'm going to try them mm. and this this obviously this podcast could not function to its full potential without IPA and pale ale it would just be a, a shadow yeah yeah but maybe a bit more sober <laughs> one Mr Holly <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last thing I got me phone me iPhone not me iPhone me Motorola GC your no phone was knackered I got it back it took them two weeks to repair it oh dear they sent off for the wrong battery or something and then I don't know what was going on. Some kind of ribbon had broken and there was some like jam in it. And, yeah, probably knowing you. And a couple of raisins it, rammed in the joystick port or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, but it's working now. So I've, I've got a, a six and a half inch screen again instead of like a little tiny one, which nice. is cool. Uh, oh, I'll tell you what I've bought. Uh, PRGE, Portland Retro Gaming Expo, weekend tickets. Three days of arcade and console goodness. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm ticketed right up, son. Lovely. Oh, I bought... Uh, you know on eBay you get these cheapo arcade kits where it gives you uh, a Sanwar-style joystick. It's a copy of a JLF. You get like mm. six 30mm buttons, two 24mm buttons for starts, and you get a USB zero delay um, interface. So you can sort of make your own joystick box or whatever you want to do or make an arcade cab with it or whatever. And it's like about... I don't know how much it costs now. It's about 12 quid. Hell of a cheap, one cheap, thirteen, fourteen would maybe delivered. It arrived today, and I looked at it, and I'm thinking to myself, maybe I'll get these joysticks rather than the Sanwar ones. Cause I always offer original Sanwar parts in these joysticks I'm building for people and selling. I always say that they're always Sanwar parts, and they are. Every one I've released so far has been a Sanwar in it. But this choice I was looking at, thinking, oh, if I can get these cheaper, I can bring the price down a little bit. And get them a bit quicker as well, because you can get them all over eBay. Mm. And they are a good copy of a Sanwa. And I took one apart today, and the back bit, you know the you know the, the, the gate on the back of it? It's a four-way gate, or an eight-way gate, yeah. sorry, a square gate. And that isn't the same as an original Sanwa, because Sanwa's got a bit in the middle you can pull up and turn it to four-way. So yeah. it's just a solid piece. I took that off, and I looked at the, 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 the actuator in the middle and where the the micro switches are, and it looks very similar to Sanwar. And the plastic bit at the bottom, which is the, the main body of it, it's actually got written on there, Sanwar. So unless it's the same company makes them for everyone, and then bootleggers are just getting them from the same company, or they're doing a really good copy of a Sanwar, actually writing Sanwar on it in the plastic. So it's been used, it looks like it's used the same mould as a Sanwar. And I take a Sanwar apart and see how similar they are, but I've got a feeling it's the same thing. Because Sanwa joysticks, I don't think have got Sanwa on them, written on there. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, because you know, you know, when you, when you the supermarkets, you want to buy some beans, and yeah, you, or got to get Heinz baked beans. When you find out that like you know, the Asda ones are probably made in the same factory, or whatever, or you know, the, the cornflakes are made in the same factory as the Asda ones, whatever. I wonder if it's that kind of situation going on. 
Yeah, I think appliances do it as well, like washing machines and dishwashers. Like a lot of them are all, all made in the same. That is definitely in, true because factory the, in Spain or something, and then shipped all over the place. The tumble dryer we've got, we've got a uh, one of those tumble doesn't doesn't need the um, you know, the big pipe going outside to put all of the hot air out of it. And I bought it specifically because it's the same model as my old one. Because the old one I had, I had it for years and years. And I think the only thing that ever went wrong with it is the, the heating part of it, the element, broke down. And I took it apart. I took the element out, found it on eBay, and it was the same part for 30 different tumble dryers, exactly the same part. And there's about, yeah. there's about, there's about three manufacturers, and all exactly the same. It just looked different on the front. And the new one we got is exactly the same, but it's a different colour. Instead of white, it's a black one. I think it might have a slightly bigger drum inside, but the actual electronics and parts are exactly the same as the old one. It functions exactly the same. Even the knobs are in the same place. See, yeah. I'm just thinking, if these if these parts are official sandwars, just with no name on them, I'll get them from in the future. Try them out, see how they go. Yeah, give it a go, see how it feels. The buttons look trash, though. They're definitely not real sandbar ones. They're just totally right. different. I'll see how long they last, anyway, but I don't, I don't trust them. Right. You can't trust a cheap button, Sean. You can't trust them. No, you're going to be pressing it thousands of times. It's got to be a good button. Mm. Oh, yeah. Listener feedback. Right, we have some feedback, kids. This is where you feed us some backs from from mm, your back. keyboards. and Back and... to feed. The first one we got is Thomas Risotto Carne. That's how we're doing his, his, his name from now on. And Not he says, anymore. Hey guys, just wanted to say I've had a recurrence of problems with a very nasty wrist injury. Never had an accidental fight with a heavy tool power pack from about 10 years ago. So I'm going to have to pull out of the league play as I can no longer game old school for more than 30 minutes at a time. But we'll keep up with the cast as it's cracking. May jump in for the odd personal favourite. Just didn't want to silently sod off and look rude as you blokes are fab. And reassure you there's nothing to do with Twin Cobra. So I sort of suggested to him maybe some gentle, some gentle swaying Pac-Man wrist exercises could help. Just one joystick, left and right and up, and grab a power pill, or maybe <laughs> alternate between that and Cuba, which is diagonal, 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 diagonal. Oh, that stupid snake's got me again. So yeah, hopefully he can come thirty minutes at times, all right? It just just have a bit of a rest, be fine. Come back later on. Yeah. You know, don't matter. He'll be drawn to it. And then he got back on to say, I have played some Mr. Do's Castles. He's completely contradicting himself. Completely contradicting himself. Mm. He says he's rubbish at it. Absolutely charming, though. I'm a big fan of the cute single-screen platformer style of games. Puts me in mind of hybrid of Load Runner and an 80s title game, The Fairyland Story, where you play a cute little witch who has to turn enemies into cakes and push them off platforms. Except I can beat one level of both of those games, which seems to be beyond me on this one. Oh. Neil twenty to five. About time you released a podcast, you lazy buffoons. My ears have dried up. They require constant filling with cheesy ramblings. No more slacking. Absolutely, yes, sir, sir, yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Monster mug, Lee, my favourite shmup. He's talking about Twin Cobra. He approves. He Tin, brother of bronze, god daughter of silver. Awesome, and cheers for giving me a chance to catch up. I feel like I'm letting the side down by not being in on any of the top 10 podcastios. Mm. Ian Davies. Victor, 
Do you know about the NES and SNES games available for the Mighty Switch via Nintendo Live? I got a three-month subscription for $5.99 and now have the likes of Mario Kart, Super Metroid, Super Mario World, Zelda, a link... A link with the past, amongst others. Basically, some of the best console games of all time on the Switch for the price of a fancy coffee and a croissant. Hurrah! And I answered him on this. I said, I've got those on consoles. So they're not for me, really. I know, I know it's a good idea, actually. It can be a good idea. I've changed my mind a little bit. Having all the games you like to play on one system. So if you've got mm. a Switch and that's your main system, and the good thing about Switch is you can pick it up and get on the bus with it, or on a train, or a plane, or whatever... And if you've got everything on there that you used to play, you haven't got to take stacks of Raspberry Pis and you know, handheld machines and things you've got to plug into the TV. So it is quite a good idea having the older games on there, but I think it's a bit of a, a bit of a cheek than, than charging a lot of money for it. But six quid for a subscription, that's three-month subscription. So if it's only £2 a month, that's nothing really, is it? I suppose so. Yeah. I don't mind that so much. I won't be joining in those because I do have those and I like to play them at home. And I play them with a Pi or I've got a portable Pi now, that retro flag that looks like a Game Boy. I play a lot of them on there. How long the batteries last? Did we talk about this? i tell you what, it's got three rechargeable double A's in it, right? Mm. The, new, the new rechargeable, so that's got what... I've been playing it for absolutely ages at nights to try and work... Because I, I had a problem with the machine where it kept freezing on the emulation. I had to keep restarting it. And I thought, right, I took some settings out of it that I had set on there, and I thought, right, I'm going to play it, really put it through its paces, play loads of different games for ages, and see if it freezes. It hasn't frozen once. And I was really surprised how long the batteries lasted. So I'm, I'm not sure quite how long, but a while. And you can plug it into the mains as well. You can plug it into 5 volts um, via a USB as well, so you can play it from mains. If you sort of sit, want to sit down at home and play it, you can play it for, for indefinitely with the, with the mains. Clever things. Mm, it's really good. Can you do this one? It's GJ Harris, which is Bobby Yadod's better half. And he's talking about Twin Cobra. Get to the chopper! No! <laughs> <laughs> yes, Arnie's back. And we got for Jeremy Riley sent us a Mr. Do congratulations picture. He's, he's dotted one of the pictures. Congratulations on us for reaching podcast 140. 140! Yeah, he's, he's, I'll put the picture on the website so people can look at it. Do you know, that's when you get the diamond, isn't it? Yeah, I've got it loads of times. Once. Really? Yeah. I've had it about four or five times. Um. Mm-hmm. And Pie Factory podcast guys, I don't know if it's Sean or Jim that sent this. Sean, uh, Sean is my uh, my brother in Beagle owning. Uh, so he said. So did Haruki actually wear the North Face jacket? You're on about that jacket you got delivered, weren't you? He didn't actually, but I have got a wet weather jacket for him. And when I left work tonight, I knew I had to go and take woof it out because wife was away doing something. When I got home, and as I got in the car, it absolutely hammered down. It really, it bucketed down at the sky. I thought to myself, I'm going to have to put my jacket on and put his coat on. Because Garen bought him a jacket a while back and it was massive on him. But I think it'll probably fit him now because he's a bit bigger. Mm. And it's always I, I always love it when I see a dog in a coat. It's hilarious. <laughs> With a pipe. Mm. That's it for the old uh, feedback. Thank you. We've got loads of feedback on the game anyway, so we'll get back to Oh that. yeah, I wonder where it all got to. That's all in the game, isn't it? Friendly shout-outs. Right, I'm going to say a shout-out to Mr. Mr. Dreadlock, 
Dreadlock, Mr. Deadlock, and his pal, who is a nice guy, and he had a really short name, like, like a short name, Roy, Roy or Trey or Rare. Forgot anyway. It was short for some. Who do you anyway. know called Rare? <laughs> and they gave gave me some biscuits. So thank you very much to them. They're kind of more like a cake, really. But we don't want to get into. You that better save me one of those, Holly. Jeff. I will do. I will do. Punch your beard off. And uh, Blake Brett and his mates for saying hello at the club. They they came up from Warsaw, or well, he's always at the Warsaw one, the B- Midlands area, anyway. Mm-hmm. And they're around for a couple of days at the club. Massive shout outs for Kevin Savitz and his lovely wife Peace. Uh, we were hanging around with them a lot in Portland. Uh, Kevin is also on a panel with Joe DeCure, the guy from Atari. Now, he is... Uh, hopefully, I'll meet this guy as well. He wrote uh, the 2600 game Combat. And he also helped design the 2600, the Atari 8-bit computers, and the Amiga. So this guy's ultra-famous in Atari terms. God. Yeah, because Kevin is, is a huge Atari historian. He, he's one of the hosts on the Antic podcast. And he's done loads and loads for the Atari community. And he's going to be on this panel with him. So that's one of the panels I will actually sit down and watch when I'm at Portland. That's very good. Arcade Master Quiz. Oh, Mr. Holly. Right, yes. You are in trouble. Mm. I've got a quiz for you, sir. And it mm. is all about vector games. I've given you a clue already, okay? Right. First question, sir. Yes. Who made the vector game Demon? Demon? Yes. Cinematronics? No. Yeah, the other did. Rockola. Oh, God, these are going to be really hard. They are. Number two, what monitor does Tempest use? I want the model name and the manufacturer. It's a Hunter X G7496-B. Not revision one. Wrong on all accounts. Uh, it is a Wells Gardner 6100. Yeah, that's what I said. No, you didn't. Nope. You lying yet. <laughs> Number three. What is the control method of boxing bugs? Oh, is it a, tr- a trigger? Uh, like a Stron trigger thing? No. It's an analog dial. Is it? Hmm. Do you have a big fist on the screen? Yes, a big boxing glove. Uh, Number four. What are you supposed to do with hornet eggs on Black Widow? Push them off the side of the screen. Biscuits! Yes, you got one! Yay. Number five. How many buttons does the Sega Vector game Star Trek use? Six. No, it's four. Damn. Number six, what was the first vector game? I'll give you a bonus point if you get the year right as well. Space War, 1977. Biscuits! Biscuits! Yeah, two points for that. You got them right. You you better not be Googling this, son. No, it was a version of the mainframe game Space Wars. Oh, you are so clued up. Number seven, what kind of game was Sundance? 
Or it was a kind of a tic-tac-toe thing. There was two grids of, of nine squares. Oh, my God. Biscuits! Would you, say, that, would you say it as a puzzle game? Yeah. Biscuits! Yes. You're doing really yes. well. Number Number eight. Four. What is the background colour on Star Castle? Blue. Biscuits! Ooh! And how is it blue? Because it's a colour. No. It's an it's, overlay. It's an overlay, yeah. There's one arcade club, so you should know that. I know, yeah. Number nine. You have to credit it up. What? So I forget one for that, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. What do you do on Quantum? You circle... You use your trackball to circle the baddie bits. Oh, my God. I'm so impressed. You're correct. Number 10. What mm. do the baddies do in rip-off? They steal your... Biscuits! ...eggs or whatever they are from the centre of the screen. Something like that. Yeah, they steal your canisters. The canisters of stuff. Oh! Oh, I got seven out of ten there. I'm not sure how many you got, actually. I got six, but I got a double, didn't I? For... I'll, I'll let the computer robot do it at the end. You did well. I didn't think you were going to get any of those, actually. The boy did good. He got six out of 11. Yeah. I'm now, the reason I've used vector games, I've been so into the Vectrex lately, and I've been playing some older games that I've never really played before, because I only ever used to sort of play the Atari vector games, because the ones I knew, you know, like Asteroids mm. and um, Battlezone, Tempest and Blackwood and all that sort of stuff. So I've been playing these ones from other manufacturers, and that's why I sort of thought, oh, I'll do a quiz on that. Nice. Well done. You did well there, I think. I'm going to do that next time. Like, pick, a, pick say, like, you can platform do. games. Platform Just games don't do racing cool. ones, because I haven't got a clue of those. Oh, that's it then. Thanks, Vic. Or, or gun games. Right. Okay, thanks for the tip. And here is a word from our sponsor. On your last trip, did you discover what the Earth people eat? They eat a great many of these. They peel them with their metal knives. Boil them for 20 of their minutes. Then they smash them all to bits. They are clearly a most primitive people. For mash, get smash. So this week's, this week's show is... Basically not sponsored by Nacadalian potatoes. No. <laughs> Feature game review. It's, it's Mr. Do's Castle from Universal 1983, also known in Asian territories as Mr. Do versus the Unicorns. I like that name. Mm. Runs on a similar hardware to Mr. Do. Phil Murray currently has your PCB to repair. He does. I was hoping to play this on the PCB, but I've been playing this on a 60-in-1. On one of my machines, I've got a switching jammer controller, which is done by little remote control, and I set the 60-in-1 just to play Mr. Do's Castle. So when I turn it on, I just click that button, and it's there in front of me. Loads immediately. Nice. Now, it's a vertically orientated game. Uh, 182 by 240 tiny squares. Oh, they call pixels. Yes. A four-way joystick to control your lovable clown. Now, I could mention a certain podcast co-host, but I won't. A lovable clown. Yes. And one oh. button to batter stuff with his magic hammer. Hammer man! Hammer! Hammer man! 10p a go, I hope, on this game. It better mm. be. Your game world consists of a front-on view of the inside of a castle. Mr. Do certainly has gone up in the world, having his own castle. 
but it is infested with unfriendly unicorns. There are six platforms connected by ladders and a roof stage which has a magic door in the middle. I'm not making this up. Now, to complete a level, or a scene, same as Mr. Do, you need to bang all the cherry blocks with your hammer or destroy all the enemies on the screen. The other way to finish a level is to pick up the rare diamond. If you hit a cherry block, a normal block, or a key block, you leave a hole in the floor. The unicorns and other monsters fall into these and get stuck for a bit. When they climb out, they fill the hole back in with a removable block. If you knock a monster on the heed while it's standing over a smashable block, it'll fall through the hole and be destroyed while standing on the block. And this obviously gets you points. Knocking the monster through multiple gaps and onto other stuff gives point multipliers. Taking out two skull blocks will collapse the floor in between completely and also anything standing on it at the time. This is useful for removing a bunch of baddies at a time. You get bonuses for that. There are also diagonal ladders. When you run into them at the top, they will slide over the position to the right or the left. You can run up them in the same way as a normal vertical ladder. But when you shift them across, the baddies can't come and get you because they obviously they keep going up the ladder to the opposite way and you can get away. Mm. Now, the level starts off with the roof door on the roof fully shut. If you bonk three key blocks with your hammer, it gradually opens it up, where it turns all the remaining unicorns, when you get it, uh, or other monsters into the familiar universal letter monsters. Bonk these with your mallet or other beating ways to earn the letter on their bellies. These letters are hung upon flagpoles at the top of the castle. When you get the full E-X-T-R-A, you are treated to another Mr. Do life. A nice little scene when it does it as well. After a unicorn has dragged itself out of too many holes, or you hit it four times with your hammer, it will turn to a blue helmet dragon, which are quicker and more aggressive. The last blue monster on the screen will split into two after a certain amount of seconds, then again and again until there are eight on the screen. On later levels, a green unicorns will become blue after just one blow of your hammer. You can knock a monster out by landing a block on it from above. When it is standing on the block, when you hit both together, or if it is stuck in a hole and you knock out a block through the holes onto it, Mm. I've I've used this podcast notes for me to make my own notes, and you've basically said it all. What I am impressed with with this game is the amount of it's like Mister Do the, the amount of ways you can complete a level and the, the little hidden tricks and bits in it. Mm. So, you, but that eventually it just ended up confusing me. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know whether to get the keys Aww. and then go to there. I was confused, Vic. Get the keys and go to the top, or clear all the cherries, which take ages, mm. or just kill the monsters. But I think it's a it's a combination of both. I, I always tried to get the key, yes. get the keys, because that was the most points. But sometimes you got really lucky and squashed like three monsters in a row for like fifteen hundred points or something. Mm. But, you you can get, I think the the highest you can get is like twenty odd thousand points, twenty four thousand points. If on the first get, level? Uh, no, on the later levels. When, you, when there's loads of monsters running around, if you squash a load of them together, you get a massive multiplier. God. I, I never got that far, obviously. And it was confusing me where on the first two levels, the the, the, the unicorns are on the same platform as you, and you can whack them on the head, whack them through and kill them. Yeah. On level three onwards, you've got to drop stuff on top of them. You're just whacking them through. Bracken bracken through the platform doesn't kill them. You've got to no. What it does drop. is if, if you if you hit them with a block on the first two levels, they'll travel with the block downwards and get squashed underneath. Mm. But when you hit them on the th- level three and onward, you you knock the block out and they'll just fall in the hole and they'll climb out of it quite quickly. So you've got to be careful with that. 
So yeah, after level two, it gets quite difficult quite quickly. And the rope, the bridge bit where you you knock the skull either side, that, that wasn't working for me sometimes. And wait, ah. wait. Ah. Just, I asked yeah, Mr. Tronads about this, who's a bit of an expert on this game. On the first two levels, you don't yeah. have to knock out the middle the middle blocks because sometimes there's a skull on either end and there's, say, two or three cherry blocks in the middle. If you just knock out one skull and then wait for the other one and a load of monsters walk on top and then you hit the other skull, it will fall through and the monsters will die. Mm. But after level two, you've got to knock out the middle blocks as well and then do it. Right. Yeah, I, I found that because I, I thought to myself, oh, there's a bug in it. They're, yeah. they're not falling through when I'm knocking them out. And this because of after the second level. That's the sort of bit where your your sort of training ends and the proper game begins. So, yeah, you've mm. got to do that. God. So it gets quite hard quite quickly. So the points on this, the red unicorns, you get 500 to 2,500 for different multipliers mm-hmm. of knocking them through. The green unicorns, 1,000 to 5,000 points. And the blue helmet unicorns, you get 1,500 to 7,500 7, points for each one. A standard block is just 20 points. Um, the top door shield, you get 1,500 to 8,000 points on the higher level just for grabbing it. And the letter monsters, you get 500 to 2,500 and obviously you get the letters which go on your flag when you get the extra, that's when you get an extra life. So the tips and secrets on this, um, I've been watching a video of the, the world champion player, and Mr. Tronads has, has helped me out when we came to visit that time, he was showing me how to play it as well, and I've asked him a few questions. Um, so try and get a bunch of monsters grouped up just before you get the crossy shield at the top, uh, and then to get maximum letter monsters. That all-important extra yields an extra life, which you need quite a bit in this game. So what you mm. do is you you sort of bonk them around so they, they sort of fall and wait until they all get grouped up together and get them in holes. They all get grouped up together. Wait right by the, the cross. Just as they get to you, grab the cross because they'll run away as soon as they get to you and bonk them on the head. But you can also yep. you can land on top of them yourself. You can actually, if you fall off a ladder or through a hole onto a letter monster, it will kill it by your just your feet. But the normal monsters, yeah. that will kill you. So you'll be careful with that. The diamond is worth a ton of points, 8,000 points, and grants a free credit, which is useless to us because we're playing for free anyway. But it does have a nice little intermission screen, same as Mr. Do. It's very nice. Uh, use the holes and the ladders to delay monsters while you're trying to set up other stuff and take out the cherry blocks. So you sort of you use that to slow the monster down because later on in the game, well, I've been watching the videos, the monsters get really fast. They just fall in the, the hole and they're out almost straight away. So if you leave, if you keep knocking the holes out while you're running away, it takes the monster a while to get to you. That's what the the world record holder was doing, wasn't it? That yeah. Bill Bastard. But that's the most impressive thing I, I saw on I watched a lot of that yeah I where did he's, I did he's, he's like making the holes and that gives him the time to get to the top of the screen and get the little cross yeah because the blue monsters are really fast later on they're really fast mm. and I've noticed as well if you want to slow some monsters down if they're climbing the ladder and you're at the top and you shove the ladder away they've got to climb up to the top and they won't fall off a level they've got to go down and find a ladder so that gives them loads of time will give you loads of time to get away because if they're coming towards you on a ladder and you shove it over, they've got to go up the top of the ladder and they can't just fall down to get to you. They've got to go around the long way. So it's quite fun oh, really? shoving them off a ladder as well, which I've used a few times. 
If you bonk the monsters at the top to briefly stun them while the others are grouping, then get to the magic door, it's another thing. But if you, you be careful, when you bonk them on the head, it sort of sh it stuns them just for a few seconds. But I think, I think you can only do that on the first two levels as well. Because I find mm. I get killed really quickly if they do that, because they, they come back quite quick when you hit them. You can also knock them through a hole, but then again, they just come round the other way. It doesn't kill them. You can bonk them through a hole and that won't kill them either. Yeah, it's, there's loads of different there's nuances. There's lots to and, it, isn't there? It's not just like Mr. Do, there's quite a bit to it. And then you've got things that change after the first two levels. No wonder it's confusing me. Yeah, it's a, it's a more intricate game, but I still like it. It's pretty good. Mm. Mm. The graphics and sound in this game, lovely, bright and colourful, universal, standard kind of stock thing from Universal. I love uh, the graphics, yeah. I do, yeah. 8-bit sprites, detailed backgrounds, chirpy little tunes. It sounded a little bit like this. Now, they kind of remind me of Jumping Jack, which is also by Universal. Really cheery little game. You can't be angry at it, really, can you? <laughs> Love it. Now, the cabinet art, I think it was just a very standard Universal cabinet, which is quite a bright coloured thing anyway, same as Mr. Do. But it had a nice overlay and side art for it and marquee. The, the, the marquee is a little castle scene. It's got quite a sinister-looking castle in it. I think Mr. Mm -hmm. Do's castle is much cheerier than that. Much yeah. cheerier. The side art's nice as well. I've put some pictures on the show notes. So have a look on there. This game wasn't supposed to have been a Mr. Do game. When it was developed in Japan, it was originally called Knights vs. Unicorns, which is quite obvious, uh, with a different player graphic. Now, Universal of America made the Japanese programmers change it to a Mr. Do game because Mr. Do had done so well the previous year in the US and other territories. Did you also know that Rich Gregory is a hidden character in the game? Is but he? He's, yeah, but he's credited with his Wu-Tang Clan rap name, uh, Pieface Linux motherfucker. <laughs> nice. There are no cherry blocks in the Japanese version. I presume they didn't bother changing that because it was a, right. a sort of medieval theme before, Mr. Do versus Unicorns. So that's one less way to complete a level, which is unusual for a Japanese game because cherries and the cherry blossom... Uh, Sakura is quite popular in Japan. Mm. So you think they would have used that, but probably because it was, you know, it was a, a, a medieval theme rather than a cheery, clowny, cherry type of kind of thing. Clowny theme. Clowny theme, that's the one. This is weird. You know that website we go on, system16.com, tells you all about the yeah. hardware of arcade games. There are no universal games on that website. And there's lots of universal games. That's weird, isn't it? So I just want to work out what um, what processor and sound it uses. I think it uses a Z80 and probably a Yamaha sound chip. Very similar hardware to Mr. Do. Because when I picked this one up from one of the raids, I thought it was a Mr. Do. And I took it home and plugged it into a Mr. Do adapter because it's obvious what it was. And it was Mr. Do versus Unicorns or Mr. Do's Castle. So I'm happy I've got an original ca uh, board of it, actually, because I do like this game. Oh, this is good. Universal's American office was in Santa Clara, California, and it was at 3250 Victor Street. True story. Which, by some coincidence, is your score on this game, 3250. I got a bit more than that, actually. 
you beat me actually. Did I? Yeah. Just, just a minute. <laughs> in your face. Right in my face. Guess what? Well, actually, not guess what. Oh, what happened to Universal? If you look at the MAME listings, yeah, they sort of disappeared around ninety. Started in 1979. They disappeared in 85. Mm. And I don't know what did they go bust or did they just pack up? I don't, I'd be interested. I have to look into that because I do like Universal yeah. games. They they did do. It's odd because I think they did do a weird laserdisc game. Maybe that knocked them out of the the, the running. Maybe it put them under because laserdisc games just didn't really work. I'm sure, they did a laserdisc game. Right. Yeah. Maybe the robot will get onto that for us. Now the world record uh, is on the video on our li- a link on our website. And it's by a guy called Bill Bastable, and he scored 1,640,140 points. And this is on the 22nd of October 2017, not too long ago. Check that video out, kids. Watch this guy play it. He just owns this game. Brilliant. Yeah. Right, let's do some scores, Mr. Sean. Right yeah. at the very bottom is Andrew Hannay. Uh, 2740 and he says left till the last minute played for a bit got bored preferred load runner Ooh, mm-hmm. harsh words rob arcade 79 mr do's medieval getaway only just had a quick go not time to swat up hence the harumphusness harumphus score lots of tactics to be found here a desirable tempe tormentor that rewards persistence little timmy mallet's whackathon is going it's going on the favorites list and he got 10,180. Mm-hmm. Paul McCaskey got 11,040. No idea what's going on here. Initially, I thought it was terrible, but I can see it could be fun. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we've put you right with some tactics. Tactics and tic-tacs. Tic-tacs. Bill, Bill Wellham, 11,220. Mr. Do's castle of infuriating gameplay. One go is enough for me. I was hopeless at Mr. Do anyway, and this is way too clever and colourful for my tired eyes. Probably a good game, maybe. Yes, it is. Uh, GJ Harris, 11,780. Mr. Do's Castle. Love the game, not very good at it, though. I believe I'm slightly better on the ColecoVision version, which I have. Mm. Exploding Pinball Man's back, blowing up pinballs across the USA. He wrecks them, doesn't he? Smash him to pieces. 13,360. What an odd castle he's put. Mr. 20 to 5 has been on. 13,480. I'm lost inside Mr. Don't's catastrophic castle of cack. I just don't get it. Either it's crap or I am. Next. Next. Neil. Ross Ross. It's you. Ross Ross, 14180. Might not get another go, unfortunately. So only a couple of goes on Mr. Do and his castle. Uh, Rob Ty, 14,380. I can see the strategy to it, but getting my brain to implement it is a completely different game altogether. Ooh. Mike Orwell, 15,320. Not sure what I'm meant to be doing, but then I never understood Mr. Do either. You, Mr. Sean. Not a great score. Where's me hooter gone? I was going to give you a hoot. I can't find me. Oh, my, my hooter's gone missing. Give me a ping instead. Wait, where's the resonant ping gone? Have you still got that? It's around somewhere. I'm not giving the right resonant thing for a while. But in and your face, you got 15,960. Yeah, I, I was struggling for a strategy as well, really. Mm. But yeah, I do like it. Oh, I love it's it. Just, I just can't. I'm grabbing it. I can't do it. I growl. I think it's instructions. Michael Vortman, 16,220. Not a big fan of platformers, but this one actually wasn't that bad. Could could even start to like it with a bit more time to dig in. Ooh. There's no digging in it. No. 
Mark, what no gravy? He's got still hasn't got any gravy. Should we send him some Bisto? I should just send him a jiffy bag full of gravy. Yeah. <laughs> 16 for 60. I've come to realise that I really despise Mr. Dewey's stupid clown face Whoa. and stupid clown pyjamas. You do know that Mr. Dew moonlighted as it as well, don't you? Have you seen the new version of it? I haven't, actually. I like the old one with Tim Curry. It was brilliant. I haven't seen the new one. Apparently the first one's good and the second one's not very good because it was in two I've parts. I've seen the first one. Very good. Yeah, I've not seen the second. I won't bother with the second, apparently. Mm. Buller, 17,800. Uh, and he says, Sean Holly said, if you don't like it after an hour or two, move on. Back to Twin Cobra for me. Ooh. Oh, Ooh, dear. Oof. Alan Delta Lima, 18,420. Slowly getting better. At the game and at, and that's sharing my scores. So many different ways to get multiplayers. Now I just need to improve my gameplay. TJ Rouge, nineteen thousand five hundred eighty. Really enjoy this game and it's one I'll go back to for sure. Mine's not a very high score as usual, but it's one I can't seem to repeat no matter how hard I try. Quite a deep game with a fair bit to think about in my opinion. Mm. The mysterious Jerry Levine. Ooh. He's mysterious as hell. Him. No one knows who he is apart from us two. Yeah. And himself. 20, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 20,580 points. Only managed to get about 15 minutes' time to play it, but still want to get a score in nonetheless. Matthew Bridge, 21,500. I quite enjoyed it in the end. Still terrible at it, though. Mm. Tim Keeling, 21,840. I love this game, though. It's not a patch on the original Mr. Do. The music and sound effects are great, though. First saw this in an arcade in Blackpool when I was a little girl. Oh, uh, yes. this is me. And I'm giving myself a 22,440. And the reason I'm giving myself a resonant pink is I beat you. Smarty pants, oh, poo oh, face, do. beardy head. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the only reason I got... I, I could get to level three. I couldn't do level three. The only reason I got 15,000 is because I got that 8,000 diamond. <laughs> you cheating get. Tactical Giles, 22,480. Beat me by 40 points. That's two blocks. How dare he? A well-designed and enjoyable game, but it's just not clicking with me the way the original did. Ooh. Hugo CMP, 22,480. Same score as Tactical Giles. Jeremy Riley, 23,200. Good game, not quite to the standard rock and rope, but a solid platform stroke puzzler nonetheless. And another game I'd never have tried if it wasn't for the 10 pences. The 10 pence, uh, Matt Neo MK, 27,600. And like the original classic, which is a fave, I didn't, didn't see this back in the day. There's enough unique elements to make a great game. Graphics and sound are nice, but I'm not feeling it. With time and a little strategy, perhaps not bad. Yeah. Ah, Chris Plus Plus, 30,340. If this castle really does do belong to Mr. Do, he needs to choose his pets better. I know unicorns are rare and expensive, but it's no use keeping them if they're just going to try killing you every time you go up to the kitchen for some jam. This game offers a slight twist on Universal's own 1980 game, Space Panic, which, as yeah. far as I know, is the first ever platform game. I like the Cheers. ideas in Mr. Do's Castle, but the gameplay itself is far too frustrating because those baddies come right for you from the very beginning. There doesn't seem to be much of a difficulty curve unless it starts extremely high, of course. There's a chance that I'm missing out some brilliant tactic that everyone else knows. I suppose I'll hear about it during the episode. Like many other Universal games, you can spell out extra to earn another chance. And I was able to accomplish this exactly once per game. The farthest I made it was a so-called scene six. 
I played the superb Commodore 64 version, and that one starts out much easier. If anyone likes the game but hates the high difficulty, seek out the emulator Vice 64 and play that one. It really is a great conversion. Thanks, as always, for the show. Thanks, Chris. Salbug. 31320. I've never played this game before, and after the first few tries, I was going to give up, but I stuck with it and actually, I'm actually enjoying it quite a bit now. I feel like my score isn't too great, but I'm going to continue playing and see if I can get better. I think I'm missing a lot on the gameplay. Hopefully, get some good tips from you guys on the podcast. Yes, don't die, Sal. Hit yeah. things with that with your ammo. Don't die. I think anything more than thirty thousand points is a good score. Hmm. Mm. Brian Haribo, 32,660. Mr. Doodah. Ooh. Rob DC, new player. Hello. 39,500. Fun, but frustrating. Couldn't quite break 40k. Yeah, nearly. Sol, 40,120. This is likely the last chance to do a decent score. I do like it, though. Though I think I prefer it to Mr. Do. Ooh. Ooh. You know, when he's been on his podcast, someone said that he's... You're a better soul than he is. <laughs> Maybe it's me doing him badly. Could <laughs> be. <podcast. laughs> You're a better soul than soul. Majok. 40,240. Hello, this game feels worth investing effort in. Like most good games, it's hard but rewarding. Thanks to you, Ten Pencers, I will surely try to improve my unicorn mashing skills in the future. Uh, Rygar. It's a pirate. It He's is. A pi- it's the only pirate player we've got. 49,060. Good score. As a reward, have a top tip. Avoid this month's Viz magazine. There's a strip in there that might be upsetting to biscuit lovers. It's pretty mm. funny, though. I only have vague memories of Mr. Do's Castle from back in the day, but looking at it with fresh eyes, I've got to say that I like it. The game's got depth, literally. The deeper the drop that kills the baddies, the higher the score. Show me didn't figure that out before I'd hit my own high score. Now I'm so hung up on chasing points, I haven't got near it again. Doll. Oh, Steve Tight, good score, Steve. Fifty-two, three hundred. Getting the diamond is a godsend to improve your score when you've showing when you're showing no improvement. Mm, Mark, happy dude. Sixty. Oh, score of the devil. Sixty-six thousand six hundred. I Ooh. really did used to be good at this one, but alas, not anymore. But I'm going to be playing this one again and again. Thanks to Dave for the game choice, and thanks guys for the podcast. Love you both. Oh, that's from yeah, because the game was sort of recommended by Mister Tronads. Yeah, I wonder of- why. <laughs> Chris CMP 68400 I'm trying to have one or two two goes a game at the minute at the moment and seeing improvements gets hard hard and fast after level 2 two cracks at the 10p score this evening new high score both times and waiting for the inevitable lull where I can't get above 20,000 for the days on end coming anytime soon yeah good score Here's Jimmy, 71,760 good player I do like a platform and I do like Mr. Deuce Castle Jason Barber in third place with 73,400. Enjoying this one, but I didn't really understand the strategy back in the day, but I'm getting into it now. Not as good as Mr. Do, but still a good game. This There is a lot of depth to it, and it will return. Ian Cullen, number two, uh, 105,020. It's the first one to crack 100k. This is one of my favourites, a true classic. Right, we have number one score from Mr. Tronads, Mr. Tronads. 163,680. And he was actually did that on a keyboard. What? I don't know. He, he did actually put a score in of 409,000, but I have had to dis, disallow it because he was yeah. caught cheating. We came down on him very heavy for this, didn't he we? He was freezing the game 
watching Bill Bastable's world record and then copying the net the next level. So, Dave, uh, we are very disappointed in your cheating antics. So but we're going to play him down on 50th point, 50th out of all the scores. Then we're going to dock him one hundred and sixty-two thousand points. If I if I knock if I knock thirty points off, that'll put me in second. No, it won't. Still won't put me in second place. <laughs> oh. oh, so yeah, actually no. He's, I'm only I'm only uh, joking. He was using he was using the freeze mode to learn the game. But one hundred sixty-three is his official score and he has got his 10 points so there's no way I'm going to catch him now by the end of the year and do you know who is who is absent from this list I can see Mr Charlie yeah. where's he been he says he, he, he disliked it so much he couldn't even play a level he just kept switching it off he just oh did no not, just did not click with him at all he's not put a single score in I reckon when you lot get together at Arcade Club if Mr Tronads who is an absolute expert on this game I've got to give him that he's really good at it if he shows Mr Charlie Farr how to play I think he'd probably do really well because mm. he showed me how to play when he was down that time and I thought well, this is brilliant it's got loads to it but then again it's it's trying to remember all the stuff you can do in it. So, yeah, he's done a really good score there. And he says, I will fight in an opener. Mate, do a bit better when not playing on a keyboard. That's an amazing score, 163,000 for a keyboard. Yeah. But we we it, haven't got it at the club, Mr. Dew's Castle. We we've only got... Well, it's a bit of an odd copies. one, isn't it? It's a bit of an odd one. Two copies of Mr. Dew. We haven't got Wild Ride, and we haven't got... What's the other one? Run, run. So we've only yeah. got we've only got the first one. Oh, right, okay. That is the most classic one, isn't it? Mm. So, when Dave was here, I think he got over 100,000 on his first go. So, he's obviously really good at it. And I think that if you do watch someone... Because the game's pattern-based later on. Because I think that the, the screens do do cycle quite quickly. There's not that many levels to actually do. You just get more monsters on there. And right. I think you can, you can pattern it. And that's what he was doing. He was looking at patterns and then changing them slightly and, and using patterns. And I think... You know, watching someone do something and then sort of using their patterns is absolutely fine because a pattern is a pattern. You yeah. know, it, it depends if you can remember it. And that's where I have difficulty remember pat- remembering patterns over and over and obviously changing them when different levels come in and stuff. So, yeah, Mr. Tronos was easily getting like 200,000 anyway before he even started. So, yeah, he's done well on this one. But I am going to have some T-shirts made up that says... Mr. Tronads is a doughty cheating get. <laughs> and you'll be able to buy them at the 10 pence shop. Uh, yeah, discounts if you want to buy 10 or more. Yes. Uh, ports and Seagulls, quite a few um, Ports and Seagulls on this one. Um, the Atari 2600 got it. The 5200 got it. The ColecoVision got it, as Mr. G.J. Harris told us. Uh, the MSX got it, very similar version to ColecoVision. The Sharp 68000 got it, which obviously a good version there, same as the arcade. The C64 Got official, they're all official ports, these ones. Um, the 2600 version, I did have a go on this on an emulator. It's really crude, and you can't really see yeah. what you're doing because it's just not it's not detailed enough. Mm. 5200 should have been a bit better, but it wasn't. The Coleco and the MSX aren't too bad. They're quite nice looking. The X6800 is nigh on perfect, but it looks a bit odd because it's horizontal and it looks a bit too stretched. Right. it's a vertical yeah. game. The C64 version is quite a nippy little game, but it's the usual muted colour patterns. It looks like everything's made out of mud. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, until you said this, I know you said it maybe, I don't know, a year ago on the show, that the C64 had a muted colour pattern. I'd never thought of it. And now whenever I see a screen, I think, yeah, it looks a bit dull. <laughs> it doesn't look dull, but it looks different to what I imagined. 
Now, this was followed up by uh, Mr. Do's Wild Ride and Do Run Run in 1984. Both of you playing as Mr. Do, but very different games. I'm surprised they didn't just shoe on the poor old clown into their other 1984 game, Jumping Jack, and call it Mr. Do's Racist Jungle Romp. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good little game, but it's uh, it's not politically correct. Now, this game would be nice if it started off with the unicorns a little bit slower to ease you into the game a bit, you reckon? Yeah, maybe. Because it does yeah. start off quite quick, doesn't it? Mm. I I think the only thing I would do, I do like it, and I think it's very well designed, but I, I struggle with it. I would have like a an intermission or a bonus level every couple of levels just to break up the action. Yeah. You know, like some kind of, I don't know, some mallet bashing. Yeah, we can just bash as many or knock as many things through, like a load of holes that only they can fall down. You just want to knock as many as you can in as possible. That'd be pretty cool. Because yeah. I was going to say, it's a little bit repetitive, like many early games, really. But that's not really a criticism, is it? Because it does get no. quite quick, quite you know, quite early on. I, I love re- the look of it. I really like it. I think it's just a really jolly little game. And I'm, I'm a bit annoyed I've left it for so many years and not bothered with it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely brilliant. It's a solid little game that uses universal charm, colour, sounds and gameplay. Would still be very good even if you're moving a knight around the castle rather than Mr. Do. I don't think it makes any difference. I like the way they used to shoe on the similar bonuses into their games with the extra. Yeah. But Jumping Jack doesn't have that, does it? Doesn't have the extra. I know there's some bonus bits that you've found and I've never found. You can get them off screen or something. Oh, yeah, the the, the pots of treasure. Yeah. I'll tell you about that one day. I'll show you some. You've, you have told me, but I forgot. I, I reckon on the Universal games, I'm, I'm quite interested to see what happened to them. But if you look at all of them, I would say I like Jumping Jack by far and away the best. Oh, really? Then, I'm glad of that because yeah. I love Jumping Jack. And then possibly Cosmic Allen. Oh, yeah. Cosmic Allen's brilliant. And then probably this. But I, I haven't played the other two Mr. Do's, and they look all right, really. Yeah, I think the Mr. Do run run when you're running about the different levels and you knock all the stuff down and you've got to run rings around. So that's a good little game. We will do that one in the future. I'm not sure about the locomotion one, you know, with the... Is that Mr. The roller coaster. Wild yeah. yeah, I'm not too sure about that one, though. I don't there's know, we'll have to look, we'll have to look. There's different maps, well, not maps, different levels on that. that looks but I thought the same about this game. I thought, oh, it doesn't look really, for me, you know, a bit complicated and all that. Lot. And it's been absolutely brilliant. It's been a joy playing this one. Mm. So it's... Um, the, the thing with this game as well, for me, it's a bit like Mr. Do is that the the pace is a little bit fast for me, mm. and I don't seem to get any better when I play it, the more I try. Because I do like Mr. Do, the normal one, and I like this game, but the more I try, I don't seem to be getting any better at it. But I'm going to stick to playing this one, because I do like it, and maybe get some more help off Mr. Tronads when I see him next. Do like it. Uh, Ladybug's another game I like, Universal. Universal got some really good games. Some really good library games. Hmm. Yeah, thumbs up, really. Mm, yeah, I like the fact as well, when you watch Bill Bastable play it, the way he, he slows the monsters down, like you said. It's real mm. fun the way he does that. So I'd like to learn better how to do that. Yeah, he just knows where they're going to go. I think he can. He kind of steers them as well. Yeah, but it's, it's pattern-based as well. Because yeah. I think the levels start in the same place, and you can do stuff. But what he can do is he, he does like a little move. When I was watching it, he does a little move down the bottom right-hand corner where... He'll he'll let them run up the, the thing. He'll make them fall through the hole. And when they're going down the bottom, he bonks the top and gets loads of them at the same time and gets a big, massive score for it. 
Mm. Yeah, what, if, if you like this game, watch that video with Bill playing, and it's really good. You see some of the massive scores he gets on it, because there's huge bonuses to get later on. really is good. Mm. And because and it's pattern-based, and I didn't, didn't remember patterns too well, I, I'm not so good with that. But I think if you just learn a decent strategy to the game of how to do things in it, I think you probably do quite well. Yes. Next show's game. It's your pick, Vic. Vic it's pick, my pick. Vic, Vic. And talking of Universal, this is another Universal game. Wow, we're going two Universal. Universals Crazy. and a trot. Now, this game, you and I played this at Eurocade, and we absolutely loved it. So it should be a good one. This is Magical Spot Two. Mm. It's by Universal. Uh, the ROM is called Mag Spot Two, M A G S P O Two, and the number two. You'll be getting three lives. There's no difficulty to it, and an extra life at two thousand points. Yeah, that's it. It's a basic shooter with a few twists. Mm. Uh, you can spec your score on Twitter with hashtag Tempe Score, or on Facebook as a comment, or on our podcast post. Uh, pictures, please, if you like. Get a screenshot of your, of your scores. And the deadline for the score submission is the 15th of October, 5pm UK time. Yes, it is. We're in October already. Wow. Oh, I'm mad, isn't it? Mm. Anyway, kids, thank you for listening to our ramblings again. And enjoy another Universal game next time. Wiggly, wiggly, wiggly. So, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the game. And keep playing with us next time. See you in two weeks' time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, kids. Bye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10 You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 